She not the man with joy. to the room to do. <laughs> right on. Here goes. One, two, three. Greetings, Ann Arbor. It's another episode of It's Hot in Here. I'm your once co-host, normally engineering, but today also engineering and co-hosting. DJ local Shannon Bryan. So I'm joined in the studio with by Rachel Chattern. Hi. And we'll have a guest in the studio with us as well in the very near future, uh, Jeff McCabe. So you know we will be talking about local food, amongst other things. Um, so we're going to go right straight to some news this week, um, as normal. Last week, uh, funny little quick story. Last week, a friend of mine mentioned, oh, I just saw your brother on an Associated Press um, news story. So this went national uh, last week downtown, down in Detroit in the Delray neighborhood. Um, they've been talking about a new bridge possibly down in that area um, for a long time, and we're going to hear more about the backstory on that in just a second here. Um, but what made news last week was that a group, I believe Americans for Prosperity, went around and put fake eviction notices on Every, I, I don't know, everyone's uh, door? Something like that. Is that right, Scott? Scott, are you with us? Well, um, so I guess this uh, Americans for Prosperity group went around and put eviction notices on every door or nearly every door in the Delray neighborhood, meaning you uh, will have to move out of your house if this bridge gets built. Um, and obviously those are fake. Obviously the bridge is not officially, um, no one's decided that it's going to be built. And so this was a, an attention-grabbing thing that they did. Thanks, Rachel. As I try to figure out technical difficulties here, I'm going to... Um, so a little uh, backstory on the bridge. Should I go, should I go for that? Um, sure, go ahead. So there's, there's a bridge to Canada... Um, from Detroit. It goes from Detroit to Windsor, and uh, it's called the Ambassador Bridge, and it's actually a privately owned bridge, um, which is kind of funny that a privately owned bridge goes between two countries and is basically the only way to get between those two countries um, within a couple hours of Detroit. Um, and the bridge company, um, owned by a man named Manny Marone, um, wants to build a second crossing, and there's also a proposal for a, a um, 
government-owned bridge um, to be the second crossing. Um, this is to uh, accommodate increased truck traffic because of shipping um, that goes from, from Canada. Um, yeah. And sorry about the technical before. difficulties, but I'll just, I'll just say right now, when we are now joined on the line, um, full disclosure by my brother, who has actually been intimately involved with lots of this going on. So are you there now, Scott? Hello? It's also been pointed out to me that there's also a tunnel to Canada that you can take instead of the bridge, which you forget about with all of these bridge controversies. Or you can swim. Um, and when the river is frozen, you can probably ice skate. So our phone system is not well, catching through. So we'll we'll maybe try to get him back later in the hour if we get a chance to do that. But this is a really exciting story. So <laughs> hang on for later in the hour when um, Scott comes back on, because you're really going to want to hear about this. All right, this we're gonna fun. we're gonna go to a tune and then we're gonna uh, continue with this show here. All right. Um, Take it away, DJ Local. That was just uh, Bell X1, who happened to be in town at the Ark last Friday, gave, gave a great show. Irish rock band, look them up if you're interested. All right, it is Campus Radio, and occasionally the board has been used for other uses when we come in here, so I think we have technical difficulties figured out. Oh! <laughs> or not. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we are going to move on and... We will check back in okay, when should that we, happens. Should we talk to our guests here Let's in the studio? Yeah. Well, we have been joined by a very exciting uh, member of the Ann Arbor community here in the studio, Mr. Jeff McCabe. Hello. How are you? Hi, Rachel. Hi, Shannon. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. I hear you. Great. Awesome. So um, Jeff is here to talk about several projects that he is involved in that are working on um, increasing the production of local food in the area so that we all have um, better things to eat and better access uh, to locally grown, sustainably grown crops. Um, so there are lots of projects we could talk about, and I asked Jeff what he wanted to talk about first. And um, the first one let's talk about is Selma, because that seems like it's the one that started this big 
um, avalanche of activity in your life, eh? Yeah, that's been a real fun way yeah. to sustain some of this other stuff. And so, yeah, Selma Cafe, probably most of the people listening to this show would know all about Selma Cafe, so I don't have to say too much. But um, that started a little over two years ago. Lisa and I have been uh, lending out our house uh, to a mob of people that come in every Friday morning from 6.30 to 10 o'clock for a our breakfast. A very well-mannered and well-behaved mob. Uh, yes, absolutely. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, it's um, it's been a way to do a perpetual fundraiser, uh, a fundraiser that also has engaged a large group of people, both as eaters and volunteers, um, that has been able to um, be one of the things that's sustaining the current food system that we have by buying the food that we use to prepare the breakfast. And um, because it's all volunteer run, we're able to take about two thirds of the money that goes into the jars each week. Uh, that's you know about a third to source the food for it, about two thirds that's left to go into um, a loan fund that uh, builds hoop houses. The loan fund builds hoop houses? Well, the loan fund is there for farmers that wanna borrow some money and, and use it uh, right now specifically to, to build hoop houses. We're going to expand that program to where we can land on other farm infrastructure. But uh, so far, it has uh, helped uh, create 12 hoop houses that uh, then the volunteers come out as well to, uh, to build. So the farmer takes out a loan, and um, the volunteers come out and contribute all of the labor to make this happen. And we have close to an acre of hoop houses as a result of that. Have you ever quantified the number of volunteer hours that go in that have gone into um, both the breakfast at Selma and the hoop house building over the last two years? It is a good question and um, it would be a, a staggering number. I think I was well can I, I think it was like a thousand hoop house uh, a thousand volunteer days that it will take to build all of the 20 hoops in 20 days hoops we're going to do here in uh, June and July over the next... More on that in a minute, dear yeah, listeners. Yeah, we'll come back to that. So, um, yes, well, uh, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but we we have about a dozen people come out and work for three or four hours every Thursday to do the prep for the breakfast. We have about 10 to 12 Give people Give me your pen, let me write these down, and we'll do the calculations yeah, during the music the break. Yeah, do the right. So, yeah, um, let's say a dozen people for three and a half hours for prep. And then okay. it's got to be about 14 people or more that come out to, to do the breakfast. Um, I think just Lisa's time alone to m- manage all that is e- equal to that much combined. And okay. Because <laughs> she works uh, off and on all week coordinating with the chefs and uh, sourcing the food and all those things that go into organizing this. And, you know, that's, yeah, times like two years and three months or something that have happened just, just for the breakfast. And then figure an average of maybe 35, 40 people that come out to build a hoop house uh, all day long, 12 times, and uh, miscellaneous stuff, you know, times 1.5 for all the miscellaneous things we've mm-hmm. done, and, and you'll have a, an amazing number of hours. Uh, wait, how, so how many people build each of these hoop houses, the 12 oh, hoop houses? 35 average, about maybe, 35. that we've had. We've had from about 25, maybe more, because we've had from about 25 people up to about 70 people come out and build a hoop house together. Okay. Well, during the next music break, I'm going to use this robot in front of me to figure out what that all adds up to, because mm-hmm. I think that's a fun number. Yeah. It, well, what it really adds up to is just an amazing group of people, because none of this would happen Absolutely. without this community. And I think that that also ties in, you know, the, the several things on my list that I'd like to talk about, I think, are all tied in in various ways. And the one piece there, to me, is um, about what we can do in this community and how this community can be one of the... The, the leadership uh, opportunities for the local food systems. And I think it is because we have such an engaged population that really wants to step up and be part of this transition. Mm-hmm. How do you think we got that? Where did this engaged population come from? Well, um, you know, there's some obvious mm-hmm. things we could look at, that it's a university town. We're fortunate to be sitting here in a in, in another resource that's uh, available to us uh, to have a radio station to go out and talk to people. Excuse me, and that's because we're in a in a university town. Um, I think it's a progressive town, maybe coincidentally with that, and so there's a lot of people that are really looking at um, <clears throat> um, paying attention to mm-hmm. to what's going on, where their food comes from. And you you've lived in Ann Arbor for a while, right? <clears throat> I got here in 1985. 
Okay. And has it always seemed this engaged to you or are we at kind of like a like a turning point where things are getting really exciting? Well, that's interesting because um, I thought the town was more politically engaged when I got to town. Whether I've just gotten old and I'm not paying attention as much or what, it seems like there isn't as much student activism that uh, uh, city politics has gotten a little stodgy and a little conservative in various ways. Um, I thought we've been kind of coasting on our uh, radical laurels since uh, the 60s. But uh, certainly around the food system work, I think there are a lot of people that are um, engaging in, in all kinds of ways, whether it's just going down to the farmer's market and buying some food that looks good to them to uh, getting more involved and helping build the system. A lot of people that are stepping into growing food, a uh, whole lot of farms starting up, and, and all of that adds up to... Um, uh, Something that I think uh, might uh, get get the attention uh, of a lot of people that might want to come to Ann Arbor for those opportunities. Right, and you so you have a project that um, puts a goal on the amount of local food we should be producing and eating locally. You want to tell us about ten percent washing? Well, all of the people who were putting on the uh, the uh, um, local food summit in uh, two thousand ten. Decided. Oh, that was me and Shannon, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to yeah, look over to you and talk about how we um, envisioned ramping up this idea of 10% Washna and you know, just looking at the basic statistics of what that can do for us. Um, different people have different ideas about what's the most important aspect of building a local food system. And if you care about food security or um, farm opportunity, uh, um, saving energy, um, preserving land around us, all those things uh, happen when we when we uh, create this. But the, the easy way to talk about it is just looking at the numbers and seeing that we eat about a billion dollars worth of food in Washtenaw County and that we source almost none of that from uh, farms and other, other uh, um, food infrastructure within, within the county. Obviously, we have um, some restaurants that are producing meals stores that are that are selling food that's coming in from other places um, so there is we, we are engaged in that uh, um, billion dollars in in a in a few ways in a little in, in a little bit here and there but uh, if we could uh, somehow capture both through the farms the stores the the food processing everything ten percent of that it would be building a new uh, hundred million dollar food economy in this area, and there um, are thousands of jobs, maybe a, a thousand to three thousand jobs that get created, net new jobs in that process. And there's all kinds of great spin of uh, when that money stays in our community, what it can do uh, to support all the other local economy that happens here as well. And that's that's something. I mean, you were talking a lot about the progressive side of Ann Arbor, but I feel like seems like that's something everyone should be able to get behind um, when we start talking about things in those terms i think let's take a quick music interlude here and then we'll we'll come back
Alex Winston there on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. You're listening to It's Hot in Here. I'll just mention Alex Winston actually grew up in Metro Detroit, um, was kind of rocking it out for a little while, but that's kind of her new sound right there. That was Choice Notes, which I think she's hooked up with some new producers and got a little Kate Bush-esque, if you ask me, which I'm okay with. Um, anyway, we're talking with Jeff McCabe here in the studio. We talked a little bit about Selma, and we talked most recently before the break about this idea of 10% Washtenaw. Um, should we hear a little more about the, the end game of 10% Washtenaw or, or expand on this idea Selma was going strong? They had these funds. They went to the hoop build. What's, what's the next? Well, yeah, I guess if, there's you, a... if you think of that bigger... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe you could build twenty in twenty days. Mm, yeah. So and then um, maybe this idea of talking about the farmer fund as a, as another bridge to that. Um, looking at what um, you know the breakfast can do, it's mm, building something like eight hoop houses a year, and that's a a good step in the right direction. But it isn't going to get us to a hundred million dollar food system. So we started looking at you know what are the um, places we think need the most input, the most catalyst, and I think a, building a four-season food system, number one, so uh, these people that live here can eat year-round from uh, what otherwise looked like a pretty barren, frozen uh, stretch of farm <laughs> all around us uh, in the middle of winter. Uh, so building hoop houses and uh, and then a, f- a finance mechanism. So really expanding on what... Uh, Selma Cafe was doing to begin with. So uh, we looked at engaging uh, the rest of the community to co-lend. Uh, the The money from Selma does go out, like I said, as a, as a loan fund. And we want to open up that opportunity for other people in the community to uh, triple the effect that the breakfast can do by um, uh, co-lending on each of these projects. And so we have, uh, we started that uh, as an in-house bank, so to speak, for people and we've uh, worked now in partnership with University Bank to move that to the bank. It's called the Farmer Fund. You can walk in the door and ask, how can I lend uh, to help these farmers build hoop houses and other infrastructure, as I said, that we will be doing pretty soon. That, can I just hop in and say, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. actually a really big thing. I, I you're, You maybe weren't going to mention this, but I know how long it took to find a bank that would do that. Yeah, it is really something. Um, I, I remember I saw a film um, that was talking about a similar program being launched in another community, and it only was after we finally got this going that I remembered back to that film and how they got to a meeting, in that case, where they were sitting down with a bunch of uh, principals at the bank, vice presidents and whatnot, and they were all complaining about how hard it would be to to gear up this particular program. And the president of the bank uh, piped in at some point and said, uh, excuse me, this is what we exist to do. We are a community bank and uh, we will make this happen. It doesn't matter how hard it is to do this stuff. We'll just do the things that have to happen. And we were really fortunate in this case to start the conversation uh, with Stephen Ranzini at University Bank. And he um, and I envisioned some of the, the, the basics that would put this together. And it, again, did take a long time to get through all the logistics um, the legal department there was engaged, the head of commercial lending, et cetera. And there's still still a few little bumps that we're working out to make it very smooth for somebody to go through the door, like I say, and either uh, put the money in on the investment side or go through the door and, and take out a uh, an easy to, to get loan. But um, because every time we get to some rough spot, he is... Um, determined to make this happen and is engaged it didn't that that's what happened when we tried with some other community banks was that we were talking to people at some mid-level uh of the bank and every time it got a little hard um you know my 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 phone calls got answered a little less frequently and things like that and it just seemed like it that if they were looking at it just from a business perspective of um how are we going to make a bunch of you know money or enough money on this to sustain it uh it was kind of a hard sell uh, these are a little bit like something on the scale of a used car loan that, that requires organizing uh, for uh, backers, uh, let's say, on average, of, of uh, Selma Cafe's money. And 
other people in the community to come together and back it. And so it, it's it's laborious. Um, they've put a lot of time into it, but I think they've done it because they do see that that is what they're uh, what they exist to be, and maybe they also have the vision to see that this is something that's going to be um, a you know a bigger part, if not a very big part, of our uh, local economy as as time goes on. So this is a I mean, money is very uh, complicated and abstract um, a lot of the time, especially when you're dealing with um, money and loans and interest rates and things like that. So can we walk through this for the mm -hmm. good? It's hot in here, listeners. So I'm a, I, I have a, a job, fortunately. Thank you, <laughs> U of M Education. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to save for retirement. So if I'm thinking about investing in something and I want to invest in my local food system, I'd be um, the kind of person who would walk in the door and ask to to contribute to this fund? Okay, well, let's start with the word contribute. What, because, am, what am I doing mm -hmm, here? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be very careful with the language around this because yes. there are a lot of projects in town that are looking for contributions to uh, donations, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And where there's some projects we've been involved with that are asking for that, I, I try to make sure we use very clear <laughs> language. So, and so I don't say uh, contribution. I use the word investment. So I want to invest in this. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because it is, the way it works, it is is that it is your money and it is um, your investment, your CDs that would back these mm -hmm. loans. And so that brings up um, one distinction we could talk about, and we can get into the, the very much into the specifics and details of this. Um, we, we had a choice of whether to try to create a fund that was like a guaranteed fund where where if you brought your money in you knew you know three years from now you were going to get all of your money back with uh, with interest like a like an FDIC mm -hmm. you know when you put money in a in a in a, um, a savings account and what tends to happen if you look at programs like that even some that aren't guaranteed um, you need to pool all that risk and and the, it would probably cost our farmers maybe twenty percent or something to borrow that money there are other social investment funds around the country that are at that that rate or higher to pool the risk it's it's really there are some unknowns into how mm -hmm. these loans are going to perform and so we decided to to try to optimize everything like we've done you know with Selma to to make it as uh, low of barriers to entry and for us as a community to take those risks alongside the farmers a little bit like a CSA is when you buy into a community supported agriculture share you're sharing the risk of that year's harvest and you're uh, giving the money up to, to the farmer mm -hmm. up front and you're you're um, putting some faith in that you're going to get the return you're looking for, which is a box of food every week. And in this case, um, to keep the loan cost to the farmers down at 6%, uh, the, the backers are getting a 2% return on investment and the bank takes 2% to, uh, to administer, origi originate all those loans and administer the loans. And there's 2% left over for the program to uh, cover its costs. Okay. And um, uh, it is money at risk, so we're not looking for people to take all of those, uh, those savings, uh, pennies, retirement pennies, whatever you were thinking of for, for what you're starting to save with your job. Pennies is about right. Mm, yeah, but uh, the way it works right now, we're looking for people who do have uh, some money that they would like to invest in the community to uh, bring bring it on down to University Bank in thousand dollar increments and buy five year CDs and the, um, the C those CDs return two percent uh, as I talked about mm -hmm. for the investor return and um, that was one of the things I thought was one of the greatest innovations that Stephen Ranzini came up with is that that's a five year uh, CD uh, he um, decided that that was a great way to get that kind of return that would be attractive to investors and ha has a document that he's created in, in part of this uh, paperwork that makes all this work that waives the early withdrawal penalty of that. So it, it gives uh, some flexibility to wrap that five-year uh, CD around a three-year loan is, is what we are giving to the farmers and then uh, can be forgiven before if you never find a farmer that you like to, to back, you can just take your money out at any time beforehand uh, or okay. after that three-year time window so you can put it back in another CD and wrap it around another right. loan. So then Shannon's a farmer. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to back a project at Shannon's farm, mm -hmm. I would know that my... Cold storage, for instance. Exactly. Maybe mm -hmm. a root cellar mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. some four-season local food consumption. Um, so if I wanted my investment to go towards Shannon's farm, I would know that it was doing that? Yeah, well, Shannon's a great example of this because uh, Shannon's got four hoop houses. We were fortunate enough to help him build his 
uh, fourth of those four. Um, we uh, that was when we were running this farmer fund as an in-house project, and we had a an event to kick that off, and uh, a lot of local um, community <laughs> uh, food systems-minded people came out to that event, and his project was fully funded uh, in that time. And so there were people that stepped up and said, yeah, I do want to back uh, Shannon. And I think that is that is one of those great features about the program and a way we do deal with that money at risk aspect is that every person who wants to back a project, first they can just put their money in the bank without any risk. And then they have the opportunity as each project comes along to say, um, you know, this guy grows food in my neighborhood or I know him and I think he's a good bet or... Um, I'm looking to support a woman farmer or somebody in Detroit or whatever those... I um, really, really like Claytonia. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yes, we were really happy to uh, be a part of, of uh, helping that hoop house get built. And um, we would love to uh, be talking to Shannon and uh, Tom Becker and all these other people who have a few hoop houses and would like to start looking at other things they'd like to uh, build as, as infrastructure on their farms and how we can help make that happen as well. Yes. <laughs> well, we should go to a quick I music break. I didn't mouth break. that very well, so no. you probably heard me uh, say music break. But that was a lot of abstract money talk, so when we come back, we well, will talk about something very concrete and yes. made of metal and plastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sounds good. Go ahead. intro on that song took a while to get to the singing there and that that was just a little bit of johnny headband pink cloud in the sky johnny headband strange little band from detroit pretty awesome haven't heard a whole lot from them lately but i'm sure there'll be more soon you're listening to wcbn fm ann arbor this is it's hot in here we should say that it's hot in here has a blog wcbn.org slash hot in here and um, this is actually also going to be probably the last show for a couple months. So you'll have to check in on all the archives and listen to old shows until uh, things get kicked off again later on towards the end of the summer. We're talking with Jeff McCabe here in the studio. Rachel Chatterton has kindly joined me to help bail me out when uh, there were technical failures there earlier on. Um, and we've talked about Selma Cafe, how it raised money for direct loans to these hoop house builds, and we moved into this idea of a more uh, actual bank option where people can get a 2% return, which I think is pretty good, by the way, looking at current, you know, I mean, it's better than your savings currently. Yeah. Um, so that's a university bank being part of the farmer fund. Um, let's talk about something crazy. What what crazy thing can we do? Could we... Could we build 20 hoop houses in 20 days? That's crazy. It is pretty crazy. I'd, sounds impossible. Well, when I first thought of doing something like that, I thought it was just crazy in all the good senses, you know. It's <laughs> right. so crazy. It would engage everybody and want to do something that crazy. And it, it's done that. We have 150-some people now signed up on the doodle that gets you... Uh, gets you onto the list of people that are helping us build all and these hoop houses. doesn't include some groups of volunteers that I, I know refuse to sign everybody up on the doodle. <laughs> that's, that's been fun, too. You had to figure out where all, where we all are going and how to, to tell everybody that on some of these days where we actually build uh, 
more than one hoop house on the same day. Yeah. And so, yeah, this crazy idea that it, it kind of came out of um, that transition from just the uh, Selma Cafe breakfast funding, you know, up to about eight hoop houses a year to wanting to triple that with the uh, impact of this farmer fund social investment program. We started to look at the calendar and thought, I don't think there are 20 good Saturdays uh, in a year around here to, to go out and build hoop houses. And I don't think we're going to get all of our friends to come out on every nice Saturday of the year to do so. So just do it all at the same time? So that was the idea, yeah, to just really right. engage in something that uh, maybe would even uh, um, attract the attention of maybe some, some students that are uh, away to college and are back in Ann Arbor for the summer and have a little time, uh, people that uh, may even think about um, using their vacation time to stick around Ann Arbor and build some hoop houses or might even attract some people from out of town to come in here and do something as crazy as uh, engage mm -hmm. with this community on, on something that uh, substantial. Or perhaps some local organizations taking a team building day and everyone taking exactly. a day off Exactly, just work. like uh, Fair Food Network stepping up for, for hoop house number one this yeah, Wednesday. we're really excited. So yeah, hearing that you're going to be off off the air or, or doing your repeats for a few weeks. I'm glad I snuck in here just in time to, to talk about this. Uh, we start two days from now on Wednesday the 15th. How do you feel about that? <sighs> that that's an excellent answer. There. <laughs> it's been it's been a lot to coordinate to try to get all this to come together and um, it's it's required a lot of patience of uh, of a lot of people including a lot of volunteers that keep saying where you know I just we, we signed up blind for this day we're, we're gonna build a hoop house on June 29th and we don't even know where it is what town it's in yet so uh, that's been one of the things is um, watching the schedule be very fluid and and move with uh, all kinds of factors um, figuring out how we're sourcing uh, all those those kits in that much time how we're financing all those things uh, through the farmer fund and the little bumps in the road of, of getting all that lined up, um, finding those farmers and engaging all those farmers uh, yeah, that want the houses and then uh, all the volunteers that it takes to come out and do it. So it's it's coming together still. Um, we do have the schedule uh, completely um, up at this point. We are telling people the towns that each of these are in at least, and then we're following up just a few days before each build to give everybody the exact details of, of where they're going, when they're going, and what to expect. So, Have we already said this? I mean, where can people sign up or get more information? Well, um, the easiest way would be to go to the Selma Cafe website and look right on the front page there. And so we're, we're redesigning the Selma Cafe website, by the way. I guess that'd be one thing I'd like to say is that you get to selmacafe.org and you see that it says repasts present and future and what is that and that is our website that that even predates selma cafe it was uh what we were calling the work we were doing is this repasts meals uh present and future you know celebrating the food system we have now in the present and trying to build the the, the future food system together and um because selma cafe has become the biggest thing we do, the most known thing, the, the sort of brand of all of this, it's uh, obviously eclipsed everything else and, and that whole website will be rebranded as such. But when you get to that site, you see this little farm scene and you see a box of information right there and usually the hottest topics of uh, what Selma Cafe is up to is right there, whether that is um, being able to fill out an application to get one of these hoop houses if you're a farmer or somebody that wants to grow food signing up to um, get on the, the email news uh, buzz every Wednesday that comes out about what's for breakfast and, and activities that are coming up, or to sign up on the Doodle. And Doodle turned out to be the the little free technology <laughs> entity that really captured um, a whole bunch of people uh, signing up for a whole bunch of days. So it really, you, you become part of this matrix that's getting filled out about 150 people tall going down this list and uh, um, a bunch of days wide and uh, get on there. Let us know which days that you'd like to build uh, in the process. You give us an email address and we, we get a hold of you uh, when we're ready to go. Cool. Are uh, any of those uh, hoop builds at Tillian? They are. Yeah, I was going to talk about the schedule um, real briefly. We start on Wednesday uh, for Mark Smiley, who's a farmer up in Stockbridge, and uh, that's the build that uh, the Fair Food Network folks are going to come out on. It's a classic 30 by 96 hoop, and it's his first 
one that he uh, is is going into to growing in that way. He's been mostly doing uh, uh, grain crops and whatnot. He's got a, a big chunk of farmland that he's just now going into vegetable production on. And then the next day, we're down on Thursday at Annie Good's place down in Milan. She got a hoop through the USDA uh, program, and we're going to put up a 30 by 48 for her. And then going into Saturday, we that's where we split up and go two places. Uh, we're going to put up another hoop house, the third hoop house um, for uh, Jennifer Kangas and her family at Capella Farm out on Sio Church Road. And then another crew is heading out to Highland Park and building a 30 by 64 there for a group of people that are trying to um, do the Highland Park version of uh, that uh, urban agriculture system. Um, so anyway, you were talking about Tillian, though. Uh, so let's um, talk about what Tillian is and what we're going to do there as part of 2020. We're going to be out at Tillian a couple of days um, uh, during the 2020 builds. And the first one is the Sunday after uh, the, this coming Sunday after the Ann Arbor and Highland Park builds. And we will be conducting a quick hoop workshop at Tillian. Um, and that's really an exciting thing because a lot of these hoop houses are huge and don't fit into a lot of spaces that we might uh, think of around us. And so I think a lot of people will be in, able to engage in these quick hoops, which are only 12 feet wide, and you can make any length. Nice. So we're gonna we we have a, a Johnny's hoop bender on the way. Johnny Seeds has been one of the suppliers that's been really engaged in the. Uh, four season food system and we're going to be bending up a bunch of bows and, and doing a little demonstration with one of those at Tillian and having bows available for people to uh, make and buy uh, to have their own hoops and to support Tillian. And what is Tillian you might ask Shannon? What is Tillian? Should, should we finish off the rest of the schedule at and then come back and talk well, about Well, we can Tillian. talk, yeah, really quickly. That Going into next, the following week, Wednesday the 22nd, we're at uh, Canton Township. Uh, the township is putting up a hoop house at their farmer's market site. Um, Paradise Farms is getting one the next day, Thursday the 23rd. That's out in Jackson. She's part of the uh, spinach co-op. Um, on Saturday the 25th, we're in Dearborn building hoops for an organization called Going Green. Um, that has kind of, they're sort of transitioning from garden to farm, I would say at this point and doing something really amazing at a city park there that's right next to one of the elementary schools and the uh, city pool. And they've been given some land by Dearborn to create this, this farm campus. Uh, the next day we're out, um, in Detroit again for Noah Link, who is starting, uh, something called Peck Produce with a partner. That's uh, a four acre farm that's just getting started um, just north of Boston Edison and um, the following Wednesday uh, we have a build for Project Grow slash Dawn Farm at the Dawn Farm campus on Stony Creek in Ypsilanti. We're building a hoop there that's going to um, going to be uh, partly used uh, to do all the starts that uh, Project Grow does to as it was one of their big fundraisers. They just sold those starts and um, at their sale, and uh, then it's going to be also for uh, food production, both for uh, Project Grow and Dawn Farm. We go back to Tillian on Saturday, July 2nd, to build, we're hoping, this is all in the works still, a mobile hoop house, our first mobile hoop, and uh, a root cellar. We're down to um, our family farm on July 3rd for the Hochstetlers to build uh, a hoop and do some work on some of their existing hoops. And then we wrap it up on Monday, July 4th, uh, out at Sunseed, building Hoop House 3 and 4 for them. We've built uh, two Hoop Houses so far. And that's when we want to see everybody uh, come back out that's going to be in town, have a 4th of July party um, to really celebrate this new idea of what Independence Day can mean to us as a community. Food independence. Yeah. I hear there's going to be a great band at that party, too. Oh, boy. It comes back around to this room again. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for, for you I folks wish I had a song cued, but I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, it's going to be a really fun party, though. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I want to oh. ask you about Tillian in a minute, but first, I did the calculations for your volunteer hours. Mm. And unless I've done something completely wrong here, you've had about 13,224 
volunteer hours for the breakfasts. Wow. With another 4200 for the hoop builds. And this isn't including your time. I gave Lisa 20 hours a week, but I didn't include any of your time, Jeff. Mm. Um, so a total of 17,424 volunteer hours. That is the equivalent of one person working every single hour of every single day for 1.98 years. All right, those are good quick calculations. Thank I know, you. thanks. Wow. That is, that is great. Yeah, and put it, put it, it's huge. Put it in context. Let's yeah. just keep this going, folks. Go to selmacafe.org. And sign up for that. That was an amazing list of um, who bills you just went through. Yeah. Mm, it's exciting. really amazing, yeah, to see them here in, in here in town and around town and out in the Detroit area. I think it's a, mm-hmm. a great mix. We'll have to get some audio snippets so that when uh, we do return to the airwaves later on at the end of the summer, we can ca- check back in and hear how that went. For sure. All right, we're got some time moving here, but uh, what what is Tillian? Well, Tillian uh, is the shiny new name for this farm development center that has been being envisioned and created here um, over the last year, let's say. I think even Ann Arbor Township's uh, vision goes back even further. They uh, were able to get a piece of property, 154 acres, through a, uh, approving a development that uh, fortunately has not even happened. And in the process, they got this uh, chunk of, of land preserved, 154 acres. And so a group of us that um, uh, wrote a grant and uh, put this four-season farm development center together have been partnering with the township, and they've been really an amazing partner. They stepped up uh, both to provide uh, a no-cost lease to us for the first three years of the program. They've invested in uh, preserving a barn that's there on the site that's uh, really important to what we're doing and they uh, put in paid for and put in the electric and uh, well for this site and in turn the grant um, that I wrote with a couple people has uh, funded uh, the first couple of hoop houses uh, a wash pack station root cellar etc to launch uh, what has become uh, three new farms five people that have created three new farms that are up and running at Tillian Farm Development Center it's super exciting, folks. I, I think I mentioned it briefly before on this air on the air, but I mean a farm incubator of this sorts has been something I have been dreaming about for this this area, our little neck of the woods here in Michigan for at least ten something years, ten, twelve years since I saw a beautiful farm incubator in uh, Vermont. How um how do people get involved with Tilly and Jeff or how what wh- Where's that at? Well, there's there's all kinds of ways to, this is to all, engage. It's coming. I, I realize we don't even have a, a website yet. but Yeah, yeah. The easiest way to really kind of see something online about it is maybe to go to real-time farms and search yeah. Tillian. Tillian is also, by the way, spelled with one L. Um, so that can throw you off as you go around searching the web. But it's T-I-L-I-A-N, uh, an old English verb of some kind with roots uh, leading up to our words till and toil. And um, so Real-Time Farms is a place to see that. Uh, we did a successful Kickstarter project that has some great content still uh, lingering up there uh, where the farmers uh, organized that and raised some money to buy a BCS walk-behind tractor and their deer mm-hmm. fence and mm-hmm. compost and whatnot. And getting to those farmers so before we uh, we go any further. Um, yeah, they actually have a blog. Y- yeah. you know, we'll link all this stuff at some mm. uh, so at wcbn.org slash hot in here. Yeah, but Sealy Farm uh, is a, a wholesale salad green producer that's going to be uh, producing amazing greens uh, year-round for the uh, restaurant and, and uh, retail store market mostly. Green Things Farm, uh, Nate and Jill, uh, with a somewhat traditional four-season CSA program that adds to our our local four season production and then bending sickle community farm uh ben fiddler's farm that's basically like a a meat csa he's raising pigs and chickens and goats and ducks and all kinds of his piglets are really cute right now very cute they look delicious and so one way for people to engage is to come on up to the farm while while we're working on getting this website uh skip the web and come straight to the site it's at 4400 pontiac trail we have uh Lots of volunteer opportunities for people on Monday mornings or Monday evenings. Um, uh, they can uh, get a hold of me, Jeff at selmacafe.org if they need to, to get some more information. And we will make sure they find a way to engage with this uh, 
very very crazy cool uh new farm development opportunity here in town it's just beautiful too it's a nice beautiful piece of property it's fun to go out there and take a look so maybe those hoop builds that were mentioned at tillian would be a a local option to go check it out good one to sign up for yeah we were talking about the um the doodle where you sign up and to see that calendar you have to you have to scroll down to the bottom of the page and look at the first comment we finally figured out how we could get some more text in there that allowed us to talk about the schedule right there on the doodle so when you go down to the bottom of the page you'll see the different um towns we're in and again the tillian builds are on saturday uh, july 2nd and the first one coming up this sunday june 19th and um yeah, so there's there's some ways to engage uh, with Tillian. You were saying about how beautiful it is. Um, it it is that classic hedge road uh, yeah. farm fields. It is in transition from what was corn and soybean production to doing this diversified agriculture. And it's, it is beautiful soil, and uh, we turned out to be extremely lucky. I don't think I realized how much this was a factor with all the rain we've had this year. A lot of people have been underwater and have lost crops, and the soil where we are, um, fortunately, is is well draining soil. So it's also beautiful farmland from that from that perspective. There's acres of food in the ground up there that uh, pulled through all of that rain and then the uh, subsequent heat right after, uh, amazingly well. So I don't want to throw too much at our listeners, especially without musical interludes, but. We're kind of down to the wire here, and I would like to attempt to right the wrong that was uh, our attempted interview at the start of the hour. Um, but just for a couple minutes, I wondered if we could transition to this idea of if this is a farm incubator and these are farmers getting started, where could some of these farmers land? What, what I, I know Jeff has this idea of a of sort of a new model of of how people getting into farming. Um, how they could get housing and acreage to grow on. Yeah. Do you want to talk well, this about is, that? Yeah, this is one we could talk about for quite a while. So maybe, yeah, maybe, we'll come maybe back in September. And, and make a, a, a whole show out of this. That sounds point. good. We'll know so much more then too. Um, but I guess the first thing I would say about it is that we asked these farmers to take a chance on us. And we really said to them, we don't want this to be another internship or another program where you spend a certain amount of time and then when it's over... Um, you're kind of back at uh, square one. And so we're very dedicated to having this be a transitional piece, a starting piece where they can launch their farm business um, and where we are spending most of the time on the the farm infrastructure. Um, so the follow-up to that is going to be this uh, idea of creating new farms. And we're hoping to do that through the Farmland Transition Project. Uh, we have a grant written that we should know within this month. Uh, if we get funded, it's going to help with the legal and design cost to do the first one. And it really, I think, is the next logical progression of the idea of land preservation. So we've we've got a lot of great programs going on, like uh, Greenbelt, where we are um, stopping land from being turned into housing developments, prime farmland. We can optimize all that. In this case, we're looking at a way to actually transition that, go go the next step into transitioning that into a, a, a real food system and not just locking it up in uh, commodity crops. Super nice. That That's a full hour. I, I think we, we really need to take Jeff up on the idea of, of coming back and uh, telling us more about how these things have all Yeah, absolutely. Gone. I can't wait <laughs> to hear both an update about, yeah, the 20 and 20. And then, um, you know, any progress on the, for the Tillian farmers and anyone else. Really exciting stuff, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for having me in here to talk about it. I hope we scare up a, a few more volunteers for building some hoop houses well, hey, out of this and engage some people. We'll in post their the audio system. on uh, yep. wcbn.org backslash hot in here. Check. And uh, you can post that to your favorite social networking site and... Um, They'll just have so much fun listening that they'll want to come out and hang out with you. And then SelmaCafe.org again. Yes. To go and actually find probably details on lots of this stuff, mm-hmm. but as well as just to see the, the 20 and 20 sign up and all yeah. that. I'll take this opportunity to to let people know that we will take a couple weeks off in August. The first two <laughs> Fridays in August, we will be closed. We know there's going to be some people that don't hear it, so I'm taking every opportunity to mention that we're going to shut it down and take a little break and, I think that's and enjoy ourselves but every otherwise every friday uh 6 30 to 10 
uh, Selma Cafe is a great place to hang out and meet some people. Right, that's the other way to get plugged in is just show up and then meet everyone. Absolutely. All right, thanks again, Jeff. We're going to take a quick musical interlude here, and we'll be back to um, try to do that interview that we attempted earlier. The Great Lakes Myth Society, of course, from Ann Arbor, or at least they mostly hail from Ann Arbor. Just a snippet of them. Um, okay, at this time, I think we're going to try to do the interview we tried earlier in the hour, at the start of the hour, not at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Scott, are you with us? Yes. Hi. Great. Sorry about that earlier. No problem. Um, but we did hear at the top of the hour, I, I think actually you could hear us talking, right? We just couldn't get your audio through. Um, so we had attempted to give a little backdrop of uh, the bridge history there. Is, is, was that fairly accurate, or do you, you want to give us a little? Fairly accurate. The only thing I want to say is uh, uh, it's not a government bridge. It's a publicly owned bridge. And what they're trying to put through right now is legislation to make it a public-private partnership, which means that there will be a private operator, but publicly uh, there will be oversight. Right. So for those of you of you who uh, heard the start of this hour, um, we were just mentioning about how there's um, basically a proposal to build a new international crossing a little ways down from the Ambassador Bridge. Um, of course, the Ambassador Bridge would like to uh, to build a, a second span themselves, and uh, something I've heard you said is is basically, at, at, th at this rate, the neighborhood would just like to know which one it's going to be. Yeah, I think what is that fairly true? <laughs> mostly interested in right now is we're tired of being dragged around. We've been told uh, uh, there will be a vote on this last year. We told you know the year before, so we're really just uh, waiting for the vote. Right now, the Ambassador Bridge doesn't have any permits, so they're not ready to go forward with the bridge. This bridge has the permits; it's ready to go forward, and we are uh, hoping that we can get uh, protections with that. And that's 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 all our organization has been doing. Uh, it's called the Community Benefits Coalition of Southwest Detroit. And uh, we're asking for uh, protections for our community, and that's getting the, the trucks off the, the streets, uh, air quality and health protections. That's retrofitting some of these trucks. We have 10,000 trucks coming across the border. So if we retrofit those with cleaner engines, that helps everybody, not only in this community, but everybody that, you know, trucks affect everybody. So. Uh, and also, we're we're just looking for neighborhood improvements. I mean, this this place has been uh, uh, left neglected for so long, and we're asking for a little extra uh, protections here in a transportation community. It's not like any other community, like uh, Port Huron. It's been compared to Port Huron. We're not like 